So it doesn't matter what time it is. We're glad that you guys made it here. I know it's frustrating to be standing in a parking lot wondering where the bus is. But you got here, and so we're so grateful. Um, I told their church, uh, Pastor Braylon had me preach at their church, and I kind of felt like our folks got ripped off um, because they didn't get to hear Pastor Braylon. I've heard him a couple of times. A man knows God. He knows how to preach. Um, He's been at, at Mount Olive 11 years. Is that what I saw? And how long has Mount Olive been a church? 82. They just celebrated. Last year, we were actually there last summer. Yes, that's awesome. Last year, we were actually there for your 10th anniversary. We were, uh, New Life was down there serving. We are planning to go back this next summer. Um, We haven't set the date yet, but I will have that set by August. And so we want you guys to go with us. Um, Love, love, love being in in Lake Charles, but I I love more Mount Olive Baptist Church. Um, Just a, a great fellowship, and so we want you to come and go with us. You need to start praying now. You need to start giving now, and then most of you need to go next year. Wouldn't it be cool if we rented a couple of buses and showed up for a church next uh, next summer? So I'll let you know that. So Pastor Braylon, come on up here, my friend, and uh, you're going to be blessed as he opens up the Word of God. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise on today. We are so excited to be in Palestine, Texas. I've been working on my pronunciation of that, you know. Bible school, they tell you it's Palestine. But but in Texas, everything is different, right? Everything is different. And so we're so glad to be here with each and every one of you all today. Thank God for Mount Olive that is here. We are grateful for them. And we are grateful for our excellent driver. It was not his fault that the bus got to the driver late. This is how crazy this was this morning. The bus got to the driver late. And so we are grateful for him. He got us here safe and sound, and I believe almost in record time as well. I didn't, I didn't clock him because I didn't want to have to be in confession or nothing of what was going on. But we are grateful for him. Let's pray today, and we will get into the Word. God, how we say thank you. How we give you glory, how we give you praise, and how we give you honor that's so rightfully due unto your name. You're excellent in all your ways, marvelous and wonderful, every single thing that you do. Father God, we know that on the day, Father God, we feel like we are late, but God, you're never late. You're always on time. So, Father God, we accept your will on today, and God, how we say thank you, Father God, that in spite of it all, you have allowed us to come together. God, we are grateful for this experience and grateful for this moment. And God, we realize that we're not worthy of it. So we ask, oh God, that you would do a work in our hearts, oh God, that we might be made right. And Father God, you'd create in us clean hearts and renew in us right spirits and transform us by the very renewing of our minds that God, today we might receive the word just like it's rendered unto us without being contaminated by our own thoughts, our own wills, our own emotions. God, that we might receive it, that we might be more than just hearers on today. God, that we might become doers. Then, Father God, by doing the word, we might have some proof and testimony to share the word and our testimonies with others that they too might overcome, that they might too come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. And God, for it all, we give you the glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap of praise. Let's give that worship team and that worship band a hand, amen. I mean, listen, uh, now, if we was in uh, the black church of deep southwest Louisiana, we'd still be talking about the resurrecting king is resurrecting me. We'd have just kept that going for another, by at least 15, 20 minutes. I, he, you've been there. I, you know how it goes, man. We'd have just kept that one rolling for a while. And, and, and I'm telling you, it almost been time to just let out church after that. I mean, that's. That's such a wonderful, wonderful worship experience, and we're grateful for that on today. Ephesians 4, we won't uh, try to be before you long. I know I'm standing between you and barbecue, and that's a dangerous place to be. Uh, and so uh, we'll do our very best to get out the way. We won't, we won't try your patience too long on today. Ephesians chapter 4, I believe if you're here at this church, you've seen that before. Uh, you've heard it over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I believe in aligning myself with the man of God in the house, uh, and so I've heard the sermons too. So uh, I would do my best not to repeat anything, but man, he said some good stuff these last couple of Sundays. Amen. Let me try that again, New Life. The pastor said some good stuff these last two Sundays, hasn't he? 
Amen. All right. And I had an opportunity to hear those messages. Thank God for technology. Amen. Uh, that we are able to hear each other's messages and be encouraged through uh, each other's word that God is giving to each of us uh, in our individual lives and in our individual times. And here's what I'm going to try to do today very quickly uh, is there's a series that's going on at Mount Olive. Uh, and there's a series that's been going on at New Life. And here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to just blend them. Is that all right with you all? Because you do know that all God's words should be able to do what? Blend together, right? We should use Scripture to interpret the Scripture. And all Scripture should come into one accord. And so today, uh, I, I hope to model that for you all, uh, that what we've been learning over at Mount Olive and what you've been learning here at New Life is really all the same thing, and it goes together all to the glory of God. So we're going to read two Scriptures very quickly. One, uh, because it's your theme Scripture. Another, because it comes from our sets of three theme Scriptures. And we'll read those, and we will hear what God has to say. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 3. I'm an old school guy, and it's Mount Olive's kind of tradition to stand for the reading of the word. If you like to, you can. If you don't want to, it's all right with us. Don't hurt our feelings at all. And the word of God says here in 1 through 3, and I'm going to read it off the wall so we're all reading the same version, if that's all right with you. As a prisoner uh, for the Lord, and man, your pastor has really harped on that, man. Uh, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble. Hey, that's hard, isn't it? Be completely humble. And then on top of humility, stack on gentleness. And on top of gentleness, while you're being completely humble and you're being gentle, hold on a minute, folks still going to try your patience. So uh, let me just go ahead and mention it right here. Be patient. And even when you are humble and you are gentle and you are patient, you are still going to have to hold on a little while longer and just do what? Bear with one another and do it in love. He understands how hard it is to do what he's asking us to do. He says it's going to take every single effort listening we're going to do what he's about to call us to do he's already told us it's going to take it's going to take humility it's going to take gentleness it's going to take patience it's going to take bearing with one another and then he says you know what let's just cover the cover the waterfront here it's going to take everything you got it's going to take every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace but there is only one body. Go with me very quickly again over to Psalms 133, and I just want to tell you why he's why he gives us such a big challenge. Lord, why would you give us something that's going to take everything we got to do? It's going to take every ounce of our energy. It's going to be exhausting to us to do this. It's going to take me being humble and meek and mild and gentle and all of these things. Well, what's the big deal about it? Psalms 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It says, It is like the precious oil that was poured on the head, running down onto the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down unto the very collar of his robe. It is like the dew of the Mount of Hermon. And as the dew that descendeth upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. Hold for a thought just for a few moments, if you don't mind. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we've been called together. Look at, look at, look at your, ch- your second choice neighbor. That, that was your first choice neighbor. Look at your second choice neighbor. Look at your second choice neighbor and say, neighbor. We've been called together. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm so grateful and glad to have each and every one of you. If you're the second choice neighbor, just remember the last shall be first uh, and the first shall be last. So, uh, so it's so, it's so, I know that's right, baby. That's right. <laughs> I know that's right, baby. So we, we are so grateful and glad for this experience. And so here uh, at New Life, you all have been talking about being called. 
uh, that, that God is, is literally reaching and tugging and pulling at each and every one of our hearts and each and every one of our lives. And God has something in you that he wants to get out of you for his glory. And so he's calling us. He's pulling on us. He's cheering us. He's, he's, he's asking us to join him in an incredible work. At Mount Island Baptist Church, we uh, continually talk about this idea of we don't simply want, as Rick Warren once said, God to do what we're blessing. We want to get be a part of what God's already blessing and God's already doing. We don't want God to be a part of our little project at Mount Island Baptist Church. We want Mount Island to be a part of God's big project that he's working on in the kingdom. And so God is calling us individually, but also collectively as churches, but more than just our little C churches as the big C church and the kingdom to be a part of his will and his way. He wants us to be a part of this. We've got to decide if we will. It's not a call that has just come once. It is a continuous and consistent. There is no one that calls you more than God. Oh, you ought to take that and write that down and run with that. Even that crazy cousin that called all the time that you disabled your voicemail for. You, you got one of them too, right? Okay. I got a couple. No one calls you more than God. God is constantly and continually calling you into your place of purpose, into your place of his will, into his very desires for your life. And that's what you all have been covering. And while you all have been covering that over here in Palestine, Texas, over in a little place called Lake Charles, Louisiana, we've been in what we call the Summer of Psalms. And we've been studying the book of Psalms and walking through some of our favorite tunes of Psalms and then some of the new ones. That we, you know how we, you get a your your you get an album uh, or whatever you, you know. Back in the day, you used to skip to the ones you like, you know, and 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 then somebody you you're in the car with somebody and they play something and you're like, man, who is that? You're like, man, I got that. Man, you got to stop skipping the song. Play them all, right? And you find some songs that, man, I like that one. I didn't know that was not the single. Right. And so we've been going through the book of Psalms and on Wednesday night, we've been doing the hits. You know, we've been doing the hits. All the ones people like. And then on Sunday morning, we've been introducing some other songs that they might have skipped over. Right. And so we've been doing that. And so the goal of it has been, how is it that God desires for us to bless him? And how it is that God desires to bless us? And so as we kind of merge those or do a little mashup this morning, what we're going to discover is that uh, the way we bless God is to answer the call. And the only call that really he's so passionate, the, the thing that blesses him the most is when we don't just answer the call individually. Or when we do not just answer the call in isolation. Or when we don't just answer the call with people that look like us and talk like us and walk like us and live like us and grew up next to us and grew up on our side of town. But what blesses God the most is when we answer the call of coming together. Nothing, nothing blesses God like people working together. It is, it is God's truest and most sincerest desire to see his people working together. And there are some mothers and some fathers in this house that can say amen right there because it does not matter how great your children are individually. It's not until you see them start working together that it truly blesses your heart. Isn't that right? Nothing blesses you. Nothing as a parent. And children, hear me out if, if for those who are here. Uh, uh, and all of us are children. I guess that's how we got here, right? So, so all of us, it's great to be good individually. It's wonderful to be a great athlete. It's great to be a wonderful student. It's, it's awesome to be great at your particular career or your talent or your skill or your device. But there is nothing like your company, nothing like your boss, nothing like your parents, nothing like your leaders, nothing like your pastor. Seeing everyone take their skill, take their talent, take their peace and put it in cooperation with one another. 
Nothing is like that. When we start talking about our calling, one of the things that Satan wants to convince you of that will break you is you were called to do everything. And pastors got this bad. You got that right, baby. We have this bad that, that, that Satan wants to convince us individually that somehow we were called to do everything. In, in, in fact, sometimes he doesn't even go that far because we wouldn't believe that. But he'll say we were called to do most things. Or we were called to do so many things. Or we were called to do such heavy things. When in reality, God has designed us and called us to do the things that we do in cooperation with other people. He, 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 says, he says through Paul, when Paul is locked in jail, writing to the church at Ephesus, he says there's something special about this unity thing. There's something special about this union unity. There's something special about cooperation. There's something special about working together. But now watch this. Can I mash them up? Now here is, uh, uh, here's David in Psalms writing, uh, uh, he's writing one of the Psalms and he's writing poetry now. They, uh, some commentaries uh, suggest that it was at the very peak of his experience and his reign as the king of Israel. In fact, they believe that he wrote this particular Psalm 133 when all of Israel had finally got itself together and elected one king and selected or accepted rather one king that God had allowed them to have, which was David. And and so here we find a man from the pit to the palace. We have, we've got, we've got, we've got Paul uh, in a prison. We've got David in a palace. And they're saying whether you're in a pit or in a prison or on a palace and in power, there's one thing that God really is trying to get you to understand. Wherever you are, find somebody to be there with. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, there's someone that's supposed to be there with you. There's somewhere, someone that's supposed to make that experience better and greater and more fulfilled. That whether you're at the bottom or at the top, you need people. I, I know, I know there, there are people that belong to this church that have not been here in some time. There are people that belong to Mount Olive Baptist Church that have not been there to some time. There are people that belong to the kingdom, that have not fellowshiped with the people of the kingdom in a long time. I'm telling you, we've got to stop because we are called to congregate. We are called to do this thing together. In fact, you cannot fulfill your calling in isolation. You can't. There's, there's no way possible that you can do what God has called you to do on an island all by yourself. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but, but wasn't one of those guys on the island of, of Patmos? And he seemed to do a good work, but he was trying to get a letter to some other folk. Yeah, yeah, John the Revelator was on the island of Patmos all by himself in isolation, but he realized that my purpose included other people. And so he's writing. Who is he writing to if he's all by himself? I don't care. Somebody's going to find this and be blessed by it because I cannot fulfill my calling in isolation. I know what you think. Well, I mean, do I have to go to church to be saved? Uh, um, no. But you needed somebody to get saved. I wish I had some help with them. I, I, I mean, I don't know too many people that got saved by themselves. I wish I had some help in here. Let's, now, I know what you're thinking, but I read my Bible and I prayed my own prayer. But wait a minute now. That, that's how you got the harvest. Let's go back and where the seed was planted. Lord have mercy. You finally picked up your Bible and said your prayer on the side of the bed by yourself because you remember seeing grandma pray. That, that's, 
That's how it happened. That, let, let's tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God it is. It was not, you didn't get saved in isolation. There had been some influences in your life, other people that had impacted and influenced your life. And yes, you might have been alone when it happened, but you were not alone the whole way. We cannot be do this by ourselves. And so pastor told us last, well, last week that, that we were called to be saved. You can't even get saved by yourself. You don't believe me? The word of God says. Now, I don't know what you say, but the Bible says, how can they hear unless there be a preacher? And the preacher can't send himself. He can't preach by himself. How can the preacher preach unless he be sent? And so we see this falling out of this cooperation, even at the very infancy of our experience with God, because we cannot even be saved alone. Then pastor brought up the great point last week that we were called to be sanctified. I, I promise you, you can't get sanctified by yourself. No, 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 no. You need people, particularly crazy people. I, I, I wish I had some help in here. You, you won't even know you saved until you hang around with some crazy people, you know. It's not until you hang around with the crazy people, you're like, man, boy, God done done a work in my life, man, I didn't, boy, because last time we was together, whoo, boy, if you'd have done that two weeks ago, I, boy, God is, you need, I need, we all need other people to help us in even our sanctification process and even sometimes just to remind us that God is at work in our lives. Save people need sinners. Oh, man, I, come on, come on, come on. I, I know you done, you done made you a little saved cocoon, you know. You know, got rid of all your unsaved friends and blocked everybody on Facebook, unfriended everybody. Now you're just in this little saved cocoon. You go hurt yourself. You need some unsaved folk around. And you say, why? I didn't say you got to hang with them every weekend. Now, that's not what I said. But, but you need someone to practice your faith on. You need someone to share the gospel with. Because reality to it is, baby, God did not just save you to save you. He saved you to save others. You're not saved. I'm not just saved to be saved. I'm saved, you're saved, we're saved to save other people. And if we isolate ourselves and block ourselves out and block ourselves in, then we cannot fulfill the real calling of God on our lives. And you try to serve by yourself. Yeah, I got the points, man. I got them, really. I got them. I got them in here. I didn't even have to look on the notes on that. I'm telling you, I, that's what's lovely about technology. You can go back. What are you saying? If y'all had a little notes on the screen, it's perfect. I, I cheated. And, and, and so you try to serve by yourself? There's someone here who's tried that. And you've come to the realization that burnout is real. Some people have tried to serve by themselves and discovered depression can creep in on saved folk. Oh, I, I wish you knew that depression ain't just for sinners. It's for saved folk that's trying to do it in isolation. You have to gather yourselves around people. It is essential that we have people around us. And the reason he says it is that it is what is truly the experience that God desires each and every one of us to have. Now, it's better together. Say amen right there. There you go. That, that's, that's, let's try it one more time. Say amen right there. Things are better together. Doing what God has called you to do will be better when you do it with other people. Now, listen, I know we are a Western civilization, and better for us means easier. I know we are a Western civilization, right, and better for us means quicker. 
I know we are Western civilization, and better for us means, uh, you know, you know, faster and easier and cheaper. Can I tell you that better ain't always quicker? Can I help you and tell you that better is not always easier? Better is not defined by ease. Better is not defined by quickness. Better is not defined by those things. Better is defined by whether God approves it. You, you, you missed that. Better is what's blessed. Again, Mr. Coco here, y'all got it. The definition of better for the believer is what's blessed. And sometimes what's blessed ain't what's easy. I wish I had some help in him. Sometimes what's blessed ain't quick. Sometimes what's blessed is not fun. It's not exciting. It's, it's not, it's not, sometimes what's better is not even what you like. Boy, I'm, that's all messing up my Western civilization kind of thought, you know. How something better and I don't even want it, you know. <laughs> better is simply what is blessed. Better for the believer is what God desires. Not what I desire. So it is better together. And when we say it is, we are better together, we are called to do this together. And that's the best, better way to fulfill our calling. I am not saying, nor are the writers saying today, that it is the easier way. Together is hard. That's why we've got to know God has called us to do it together. Because the reality to it is, sometimes I don't want to do it with the members of Mount Olive. I don't want to do it with the person that Pastor put on the youth team. I don't want to do it with my brother or my sister. I don't want to do it with that person. They're slow. And I'm not just talking about physically. Y'all are wrong for laughing at people. <laughs> That's terrible. We're going to pray at the end of this again. I want all y'all to come on to the altar. They're slow. I don't want to work with them. They're different. They don't understand. We don't have nothing. I don't want to work with them. You are called by God. That, that's, that's, how, that's, that's how you got to hear it. You got to feel it because, you, because we just like preferences. We like ease. We like swiftness and quickness, and we like effectiveness and efficiency. God ain't worried about that. He's worried about the excellence of what he's called you to do. And he's called us to do it together. And he's so honest. I, I love Paul because Paul, uh, you know, is, is, he, he, he ain't always been saved. So he don't know how to kind of just flower stuff up. You know, he, he, you know, some of us have been saved all our lives. And you can tell it by the way we talk. We'd be angry and you don't even tell. You know, we just make it all pretty. You're mad? No, everything's going to work out in God's time. That was me about, you know. Couple hours ago, you know, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord will make a way somehow, you know. <laughs> hot as a forty-five, you know what I'm saying? You know, hot man. So, but but Paul ain't been saved all his life, so he don't, you know, he just he just tell it, he just say it. He said, "Listen, I'm just going to tell you that God has called us to do this thing together, and man, you gonna have to be humble." Now, a lot of us just read over that real quick, and I tell people in Mount Olive all the time, "Slow down." Stop reading the Bible so fast. Slow down. Read the punctuation. Slow down. He says, first and foremost, you're going to have to, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to be humble. Now, you don't need to have to be, you don't have to be humble if you don't have to work with nobody. What you need to be humble for when you work with yourself? That, that is not a job description of working for yourself. That is, that is not a job quality that you must have to work with yourself. You only need humility if you've got to work with other people. 
Amen. And he puts it first. And Paul is known for putting things kind of in priority and almost kind of kind of ranking those things. That this, this is very important. He, it's not just happenstance that uh, humility is the first thing that comes up. He knows that that's the biggest barrier to our unity, to our working together, to us really fulfilling our calling that God has called us to do together. He says, I want you to be what? Humble. He says, then, then I want you to be meek. He said, I want you to be mild. I want you to be mild-tempered. I want you then to be patient. The, the, the wise man once said, if you want to go fast, go alone. Comma. But if you want to go far, go together. Now, now, that wasn't in the Bible. But there is some scripture that supports the philosophy. You want to hear? Here it go. The race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong. But the race is given to the one that can endure. Now, beloved, let me tell you something. Endurance ain't something you can do by yourself. I'm going to say that again. Endurance is not something you can do by yourself. You watch any endurance race, and most of the time, that endurance race is won by one person, but that endurance race, has that person that wins the endurance race has a team of people that help them to endure. You never, you probably never see them. Their names never get called. You, you, we all we know, and, and you know, this name has kind of faded from glory now. All we know is Louis Armstrong. That's all we know. We don't know the other ten riders that was on his team that that made him, that helped him keep the pace. All we know is the person that wins the NASCAR race. We don't know the other cars that are on his team that blocked that car out so he could keep on going. That, 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 that tailed him so that no one would, that, that moved, that kept that person going. Beloved, if we're going to endure this race, if we're going to continue to do our calling, if we're going to succeed in what God has called us to do, it is an endurance thing. It is something we must do together, and it requires these things that the Word of God has said on today. It requires us to be humble. We are called by God. To be humble. Not your pastor, not, you know, Pastor Doug, we talk about humility. God said, in the word, if we're going to do this thing together, we've got to be humble. Then it says, on top of humility, you've got to be gentle. Can I tell you that it's more important to God that we finish together than we finish first? Now, you said amen real good right there. But how does that look in life? How does that look when it's a program? How does that look when it's an outreach event? How does that look when it's life? That it's more important we finish together than I finish first. Now, that, that's not how you were raised. That's probably not how many of us were raised. That's not necessarily how I was raised to win. But then there was a game at some point in our life that we had that it was the whole team had to get across first. And the other team had better athletes, but not, very, not, not the same amount of team players. You see, listen, Satan got athletes, but we got a better team. He got, he got some heavy hitters over there. Listen, I tell you, he... You just turn on the TV. He got some. He got some people. He got some talkers and he got some fighters and man, he got some. He got some money. He got all kind of stuff. What he doesn't have is the ability to unify on one accord like the body of Christ, and that's where we get the advantage. But to get it, we've got to be humble. We've got to be gentle. He stacks on top of gentleness, patience. Who? Who are you? Who are you waiting on? 
Okay, God has called me to do this. I'm, going, I'm getting ready to do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who am I waiting? What have you not done because you're waiting on the person that God has called to do it with you? I, I know what God wants me to do, and God knows I'm ready to do it. But I feel God is calling me to do it with this person. And I'm committed that part of the calling is to cooperate and convince them to come along for the ride. And to nurture them and to love them until they are ready to come along with it. Is that us? Or is it God told me what to do? And you coming or you ain't. My daddy would say it like this, all aboard, that's going aboard, the rest of y'all can go afloat. <laughs> well, I'm leaving. But the word of God calls us to do what? Be patient, to wait, to understand that it is not all dependent on us, that what God has called us to do is a part of what he is doing. And sometimes our part has to be placed on with patience and be placed on pause because there's some other stuff that God is doing. Never think that you're doing it all. Anything God asks you to do, he's doing more of it than you. And my knowledge, if I say it this way, God always take the hard part. Trust me, you got the easy part. He wouldn't trust you with the other part. Let the church say amen. God's smart, yeah. He would not trust us with the hard part. You know, let me give you an example, and I've got to hurry. Let me give you an example. He says, uh, he says listen, what I want you to do is uh, I want you to plant. Uh, I want you to water. Forget about it. I'll give the increase. Don't, don't try that. I'll do that part. You, you plant, you water. I'll give the increase. Now, what's the hardest part? To plant some water, some will make it grow. Make it grow. So no matter what part you play, understand, beloved, that you're never playing, the, the, you're never in it by yourself, and you don't even, I don't even, we don't even have the hard part. We've got a part, and it's the easier part of the whole. And our patience is with God on the increase part that sometimes, guess what? If he's got the, don't, aren't you always more patient with the person that's got the hardest part? Say, I hope you are. I hope you don't do your one plus one and then look at them like, what's wrong with you? M, M squared plus B squared, what's wrong with you? You know, if they've got the harder question, if they've got the harder part, the person with the simpler part should be patient with the part that, that may, it may be more difficult. And so many times we do our part and we just kind of stand there and, out there and we're upset because we're not patient with someone that has a harder part. The Word of God says we must be, we must be humble, we must be gentle, we must be patient, and we must do all of this in that way because there's nothing that pleases God more than when we do it together. You, you can go and do it, and God will be pleased, but not as pleased as he would be if we did it together. He, he, he causes David to write. He says, oh, how pleasant. There, there are things there's rarely anything that pleases me more. And David is not only writing on God's behalf, but he's writing on his own behalf that for a leader, for a king, for a pastor, for a director, for a president, whomever it might be, there is nothing more pleasing than to see people working together. He says, oh, how pleasant, how good, and how pleasant. First, good means that it's right in his sight. Pleasant means it's good and enjoyable for you. Now, I know you're thinking, that's, that's, you know, that's not, that, doesn't, that seems like you're semantic. You're, you're splitting hairs there. No, beloved, there are things that are ple pleasant to me that ain't good to God. Y'all were sinners before y'all got here, right? Everybody? Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. There were things that pleased you that were not good to God. 
I'm going to say it one more time because we got some folk in here that have forgot. So it's going to take a little second for you to remember. There were things you did that were pleasing to you that were not qualified as good to God. Mm -hmm. now, now, you've been saved for a while. Let me try it the other way. There are things that are good to God that are not always as pleasing to you. Oh, come on. It's some stuff God asks us to do. Like, man, that ain't no fun. That right? You sure love your enemy, him? Like, like that one, that one right? You, you know, I'm not going to point at him, Lord, but look at my foot. <laughs> that one? Like, I'm good with those over there, but that one? You want me to love that one? And, and this is good, but it's not pleasant. And so, so the writer is saying here, there is something that is both right and good for God that also when you do it, it will be a pleasing and enjoyable thing for you. He said that thing is unity. He says when you are dwelling together, not just getting together, but staying together. I like that word dwell. He says you got to stay together. It's not about just getting together. It's about staying together. He says it's like the precious. Now, now and, and I'm, I'm going to head toward the close when I give you these two things. The last two verses here, verse 2 and 3, you want to hear something real funny? David says that brethren dwelling together in unity is like all in water. Did you see it? Verse 2 says it's like oil. Verse 3 says it's like water. Now, those two things are, are not supposed to mix. But they're so cool by themselves. I mean, water, so refreshing. So, ah, man, just quenches. It just gets into your soul, feel like, you know. You ever had some cold water on a hot day? Man, ain't nothing like it. It's just nothing like it. But you know what the problem with water is? It only lasts for a minute. You know, you, you, you get that cooling sensation all the way down, and boop, the, warm up the body, heat temperature is gone. But oil has this sticking power that once it get on you, you know, you can waste water on yourself. It feels so good, but in two seconds, it's gone. You can't feel it no more but it's felt so good. But oil doesn't necessarily feel that refreshing, but man, it holds and it stays. Can you imagine if there was something that was as refreshing as water that had the sticking power of oil? You miss me, you miss me. You see, this is what they're, this, this is what they're trying to do with lotion. Y'all missing it in here. You see, some people get ash, they put water on. They don't know you're going to be ashier in a minute. Just, maybe you better hurry up and do what you're going to do. Cause you, and then there's other people just like me that just put on Vaseline. Just be walking around looking like a pot of oil, you know, pot of grease. You know, that's me. Probably shining right now. That, that, that's me. I'm just, just give me some petroleum jelly. I take it from the dollar store. It don't even matter, you know. That's what I want it because it holds. It's gonna stick. I ain't gotta worry about lotion the rest of the day. I ain't gotta worry about if I I can go two three days if I you know. If I'm in Haiti, you know I can just keep on going. You know just. But. But lotion, man. Lotion tries to take. The the hydration of water. This is what it's trying to do. This is what lotion is trying to do. It's trying to capture the refreshing and the hydration of water, mix it with the sticking and staying power of oil so that you get the best of both worlds and you minimize the issues of both of them. David says, unity is the lotion that makes it all work. We get this idea of this refreshing 
when you come to worship, don't you feel the water of unity? Man, that, that's, man, that's so refreshing. You get the dew of Hermon. You, you come on Sunday morning, and it's like dew in the morning. We, we sing a song in Mount Island, the dew in the morning. Let it rest upon me. We, we, we sing it because it's so refreshing. But then Monday comes. Mm. And that song that was in my heart, I, I don't know where it went. It just, it just, I, was, I was feeling so good. Hard for it to last. But when you're really together and you're unified and you're calling, Sunday morning is refreshing. It's the dew of Hermon. But then when we get in that small group on Monday or on Tuesday, it takes that refreshing of Sunday and adds some sticking power and staying power to it so that we can keep our joy for the week, so that we can keep our peace for the week, so we can keep that compassion for the week. He says that it's so pleasing to me because my desire is not only to refresh you, but my desire is to sustain you. And the way I refresh you and I sustain you is I put you in unity with others that while you get dry, they, they pouring with it. And last but not least, so important because there's nothing that reflects the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit more than unity. I mean, it is the very definition of our triune God. In fact, he's praying as he's getting ready to depart this world, and he says, Lord, let them be one. Like you and I are one. In fact, the worst time Jesus' life was not when people lied on him. Not when people talked about him. It was not when they put a cross on his shoulder. It, it, was, it was not when they put nails in his hands or spikes in his feet. It was not when they lifted him up above the heaven, they lifted him up above the earth, between the heaven and the earth. You know when Jesus really had had enough? When he says, Eli, Eli, Lamak Sabathani. He says, if they leave, fine. That, that's one thing. If they talk about me, fine. Nails in my hand, fine. Bites in my feet, fine. Crown on my head, fine. As long as God, Father, we're in this together. I can handle it. They, they run me out of town, fine. As long as me, the Father, and the Spirit are in it together. We'll make it. On the cross. He started feeling alone and even Jesus even Jesus cannot long take it when he's not in unity with others he says father father why have you forsaken me soon after he says it's finished Nothing represents the need for unity. Nothing represents the need for relationship like that moment. And nothing represents it more than when we stay in unity together. Everyone stand. We've been called to do this together. Together. Now, I don't know if that was a marriage message for you. Maybe your marriage needed it. 
You've been called to do it together. Maybe that was a family message for you. Maybe it was a sibling message for you. That you've been called to do this together. Maybe it was a community message for you. Maybe it was a church message for you. Maybe it was an auxiliary, a department, or a ministry, or a small group message for you. But whatever it was, it's true. That in every area of your life that God has called you to, he's called you to do it together. Do not attempt to fulfill your calling alone. It will wear you out. You will quit. Someone that needed you won't have you. Because you try to do it all by yourself. We need one another. And maybe it was a racial reconciliation message. White church need the black church. I figured I'd get an amen on today. The black church needs the white church. We would not be what we are individually if we, do, if we don't continue to do this together. You've got a city to reach. Say amen. I believe that city is about 27% African American, roughly. Boy, Google is powerful. We've got a city to reach, and it's 50% Caucasian. We're going to have to do it together. And it's not a surprise. It's by design. Every head bow. God, how we say thank you. How we give you glory, praise, and honor that's due unto your name. God, you've challenged us today. Whatever we are called to, we are called to do it in unity. And we're called to do it in harmony. God, don't let us be so passionate about our calling that we forget the collaboration. That we forget, Father God, it is with others that we have been called to do this thing. Even, Father God, your son, Jesus Christ, did not come, even though he was all sufficient in and of himself, he went about his earthly ministry with others. He called 12 unto himself and said, let's do this together. Father God, we are grateful that you've set such a great example, not only in your son Jesus, but God, in who you are, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, even from the very beginning, you said, let us make man together that we might have a relationship with him, that we might be able to exist together. God, we pray against everything that would isolate us, everything that would give us the prideful idea and inclination that we're independent, that somehow we can prosper in a silo, God, break down the barriers. Remove the walls. Take our pride. Take our desire to move quickly rather than effectively. God, help us to remember that we've been called by you to do this thing together. Nothing pleases you more than harmony and unity. Not only, God, is it good to you, but when we achieve it, it's pleasurable for us, both refreshing and sustaining. God, if there was ever a time and ever a season that we need to be refreshed and sustained, that time, that moment, that season is now. So call us to a place of unity. Call us to a place of harmony. Call us to a place of togetherness. Just like that dude would come over the mountain. And refresh it. So with the unity 
do the same with our souls. We might not simply be quick and strong, but we would be able to endure until the end. Jesus' name we pray. Hey, how about giving him a hand? Wasn't that right? Thank you, my friend. I don't know what you had planned for today, but I think it pales in comparison to what God just fed us to our souls. And so I appreciate you, my friend, and uh, can't wait to come back and, and hang out at Mount Olive again. And, and I want more and more of you guys to go with us. Um, you, you, I tell you this all the time. The wrong question is, can I afford to go? Do I have the time off? Wrong question. The right question is, does God want you to go? If God is calling you to go and you say no, you're moving outside the will of God and you're in a, you're in a difficult place. That's where you don't want to be. So next summer, you should, you should just say, yes, Lord, I'm going. Wouldn't it be cool if we just had to shut down New Life that day because so many people were, were down there serving? We want to finish off their roof. We want to make sure we, get, we got a big section of it done. We want, to, we want to finish that off next year. And it's going to take, we, we can't do it by ourselves. George is the professional roofer. George didn't go down there and work by himself. No. We had a plumber. He didn't work by himself. We had an electrician. He didn't work by himself. God called us all to go and to make a difference. So, okay, got a couple of things real quick. We're about to go have some fantastic barbecue. I've been bragging about it. He, I heard him tell his church, you, you get out your scorecards. We're going to go over to East Texas. We're going to get out our scorecards. But we have, we have brisket, we got ribs, and we got sausage, all from Shep's. And we got Shep's sauce, which is just like heaven. Um, so we're going to go out and eat. But here's the thing. Please go rescue our children's workers from your precious little children. Right? They want to come out in fellowship as well. So go get your kids. They've already eaten pizza back there, so they should be full. Uh, but then we're going to come out. and take us just a few minutes to get the table set up out here, and we're going to, to be blessed. If you can stay and eat with us, we've got plenty of food. And then one thing that, that I talked to Pastor about, before you guys get back on the bus, whoever's left, I want to have the Lord's Supper because we're going to do this thing together. We're going to pledge that, that in, in front of our King, our Savior and King, we're going we're gonna to commit to one another to do this life together. And part of that is taking the Lord's Supper together and praying over you guys before you go back to, to Lake Charles. And I heard you said something about an, an eight-hour vacation. He was inviting the church. If you want to go on an eight-hour vacation, just come on. We're going to go to Palestine, Texas. So uh, maybe I'll use that one next year. You want to go on an eight-hour vacation, we'll load up and go down. Let's pray real quick. Uh, we could not bless uh, new life. Like new life has blessed us. Uh, but we wasn't coming empty handed, brother. Uh, there's, a, there's enough for some more pizza. <laughs> Y'all have a couple pizza parties on us, all right? This, bro, this is from the Mount Island Baptist Church. Listen, New Life, you all have been an unbelievable blessing to us. And thank you so much for everything that you've done. Uh, we listen. If you ever need us, we coming. And I don't pray anything bad ever happens in Palestine, Texas. But let me tell you one thing: one, you got somewhere to run. We got. They can tell you we got plenty of place. We house you forever. Okay, you don't ever have to come back. You come and stay with us. Okay, you got somewhere to go. If you're ever in Southwest Louisiana and you break down, you just call Pastor. He'll get in touch with me. You are taken care of. You all are honorary members of Mount Olive Baptist Church, and membership has its privileges. All right? You call us and let us know. You got somewhere to run, and you got some help coming to you. Just know that for sure. We love you all, and we definitely appreciate it, and thank God for you. Thanks for adjusting on today. We're grateful for it. Man, we, we wouldn't have missed out on it, so we're just we're grateful. Let's ask the Lord to bless our food and our fellowship. Father, thank you so much. You knew before the foundation of the world that there were going to be a couple of churches get together today. You knew what time we were getting together, Lord. Nothing surprises you. Nothing, nothing sneaks up on you, God. And so I just thank you for my friends, for my brothers and sisters from Mount Olive Baptist Church who, uh, who have captured my heart, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Braylon and the word that he shared with us today. Lord, would you just pour out your mercy and your grace on us as we go eat some greasy barbecue <laughs> 
Lord, uh, you may have to you may have to do something miraculous to make that uh, nourish our bodies, but I know it'll fill us up. So, Lord, uh, just just bless this time, and I pray that we wouldn't we wouldn't walk out of here today and forget this message that you have called us to do life and ministry together. And if we if the church would ever get this right, you, you said that the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God, raise up some workers so that we can hear about people just coming to Christ like crazy in Lake Charles and people are coming to Christ like crazy in Palestine, Texas. And it's all because of you. It's not because of us. And you've called us to do it together. Lord, just bless our time, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's head out and get your kids and then get your food.